yoga is not just for suburban moms in their Lululemon tights anymore. Susan Verde joins us to tell us about the benefits of yoga for all adults and children on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings. Welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I am your host, J.R. Houston. And uh, man, I can't tell you how happy we are to have you here again, wherever you are in the world. And however you may be listening, it is a thrill as always to have you here. We're talking yoga today. And uh, thankfully, this is on audio. You won't have to see me trying any of the poses. But... It might end up in the magazine if someone here really, really hates me. Speaking of the magazine, you can pick up a copy which will not have pictures of anybody doing uh, yoga in it, I don't think. Well, it depends on the episode or on the issue you get. Yikes. It's available on newsstands. It's also available digitally in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store, and you can now get it on your phone, which is just fantastic. It's available everywhere, and we encourage you to read it. Our guest today is Susan Verde, a proud mother of a daughter and twin boys. She writes children's books and teaches kids yoga and mindfulness, author of the picture books The Museum, You and Me, I Am Yoga, and the forthcoming The Water Princess, which is very exciting, and we'll definitely talk more about that coming up uh, later on in the interview. But first of all, Susan, my first question with a daughter and twin boys, how do you, how do you have time to, to, to join with us today? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sometimes I ask myself the same question. Uh, yeah. You know, I have to be very diligent about uh, marking out some time for myself, carving out that time. So I, I really do, when they're in school, I make sure I take a few hours where I do nothing but sit down and write. Um, and I, I just really have to keep a schedule. Uh, they are going in three different directions. So when I fit it in and when I can fit it in, I, I return emails and I do this and that. But I definitely carve out a specific time for the writing. That's that's very good. I think that's important for, for all creative types. And even if you're not necessarily what you would consider yourself to be a creative type, definitely carve out that time for yourself. You have to stick to it. You really do. I mean, you have to think of it as time for yourself where you're doing something to you know make yourself the best you can be and stick to it. And not feel guilty about it either. Right. Oh, that's a big part of it. Yeah, I've got to let that go. Yes, for sure. That does not serve you. Well, you are very busy. You're teaching kids yoga. You're writing books. And I want to talk about kids yoga because yoga in, in, in general, I think, has become increasingly popular uh, with with people of my generation, of older generations. But I hadn't even thought about kids getting super involved with it. How, how is this becoming so popular? Well, you know, I think what's happening is um, adults are really noticing the benefits of yoga. Uh, and scientifically, there are all these studies coming out now about what's going on in the brain and what yoga and, and meditation do for your brain and your body. And, you know, kids 
they are under a lot of stress and there are multiple diagnoses and there you know there's all kinds of things that they face at school and in life and i think in searching for ways to help them yoga has appeared as this wonderful kind of a non-competitive way to get kids not only moving but to take control of their own minds and bodies. Uh, so I think that's why it's becoming more popular. And certainly in schools, it's um, they, there have been studies that show that it helps reduce bu- incidences of bullying. It helps uh, kids with focus and to keep them calm in the classroom. So, you know, there are multiple reasons it's becoming more popular. Are we seeing an increase of schools introduce things like this, perhaps in their uh, physical education courses? And if not, uh, how can we sort of jumpstart that sort of uh, program? Yeah, great question. Well, yes, I I have noticed and um, that the schools are definitely bringing yoga more and more into the curriculum. I think what they're noticing is that even if they're just infusing little bits here and there in the actual classroom, I think they're really noticing it makes a difference. So they're making all kinds of efforts to bring it into either the physical education component or just giving teachers some of the skills to bring it into their own classrooms for test-taking anxiety or calming children or getting them moving, uh, that, you know, these are all things they need in order to learn. And I guess the way to jumpstart it is, you know, if it's not happening in your school uh, and it's something you're interested in, Go talk to the teacher or the principal. It's usually widely accepted. People are very happy to have yoga brought into the classroom and into the school. So just bring it up. And and yoga is one of those things that if you don't do it, it's it's it can be sort of intimidating in the sense that it it's it is a very physical thing. But there's benefits w- w- outside of the physical, the emotional, the mental. W- right. What are the relationships between yoga and increased happiness? Well. What they're noticing more and more, I I mean, if you get down to this nitty-gritty science of it, Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of things going on in your brain. A uh, a lot of times we, in everyday situations, are running on our sympathetic nervous system, our fight-or-flight response to things. So we react a lot, and especially children. You know, they feel these big emotions, and they respond quickly. And yoga although it can feel intimidating, is actually a very non-competitive way of bringing that, uh, of changing your brain, of changing your nervous system. So it, it, it activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which is really what you need to focus and think clearly and make better choices uh, and feel calmer and more confident. So, I mean, all of those things make a, a happier person, you know, a person sure. who feels connected to themselves and the world around them and more present in the moment and accepting of their body. Uh, that, that's a happier person. And yoga does that. It uh, does all of that for kids. And, you know, in my classes, actually, I, I give a foot rub a lot of the time at the end <laughs> of my class. So that absolutely makes kids happy, I have to say. They that, love it. They that makes really about do. everybody happy, I think, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice, right? <laughs> no kidding. And as you were talking about sort of the emotional component, I mean, in yoga, there is a meditative uh, quality, and there's also a... a it's a way to kind of cultivate 
gratitude and compassion. And gratitude and compassion, as we know, make us feel good and make others feel good. And, and that right there is happiness. So there's really a lot of correlation between feeling good, feeling happy, feeling confident, and doing yoga. As interesting and silly as that might seem, it, it's, it, there's a real connection there. Well, and I think that's that's uh, sort of a, a mental bridge for people that they need to they need to be able to cross it because to the outsider, to the lay person who's not done yoga before, really it looks like a bunch of people getting together on a mat yeah. wearing uh, specific pants and posing. Uh, but there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, there there is for sure. I mean, there are some great yoga pants out there. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but. Uh, no, there's a lot more to it. And, and, you know, what I do tell the kids that I work with, especially if it's the first time they've encountered yoga, is that they need to just embrace the awkward. Because that's what it is at first. You know, it can feel awkward. It can feel strange and foreign. And, and just embrace that because we're all in it together. And once they get past that and they know it's okay to feel that way, then they can get into the challenge of the poses. And... The lovely thing I, I, about yoga, in my opinion, you know, I'm not a yogi who can do a headstand without a wall supporting me. And there are many yogis out there who can. But that's okay. You know, my body does certain things, and I'm okay with that. And that's, that's what yoga has taught me. Um, it's not about competing with anyone else. It's about how I feel inside. That's fantastic. And that's a fantastic message uh, outside of yoga to pass along to children as well. What's so if you're a, if a parent is listening to this, let's say how and they, yes. they think, OK, well, this is this is exactly the type of thing I need to get my kid into. How do you go about introducing it to a child? Yeah, I know that can feel very overwhelming if you're not someone who does yoga yourself, but you think it might be good for your kids. Um, there are, but if you do, you know, if you are someone who does it, of course, it's a little bit easier. But, but again, doing yoga with kids is different than adults. There's a lot of talking and silliness and, you know, so it's not the quiet space that you're used to in your own yoga class. Um, but if you, if you haven't done it before and you're looking for a way to introduce it to your kids, there are lots of, lots of resources out there. There are many, many books that are instructional and also, um, well, my book, I Am Yoga, for example, I feel like it can apply to kids of all ages up through adults. It's, I try to capture how yoga makes you feel, and it's a little less instructional and more, you know, about playing and expanding and growing um, with some instruction in the back. So there are books like that, but then there are also books that tell you really how to get into the poses. And there are books for kids that tell you how to sit and breathe and, you know, be more meditative and calm. And doing it with your children, buying one of those books or going online and Googling a YouTube video, which of which there are many, many, um, doing this with your kids is also a great way to get your kids into it. If they mm -hmm. see you doing it, you know, you do it together, it's a bonding experience, uh, that's that's another way to to get them to, you know, try it out and bring it into their lives. It shouldn't feel, hopefully, it, it won't feel intimidating because it's not something that you have to be able to do crazy, you know, stunts. It's really about feeling 
connecting and breathing. Yeah, and I think for the adult that that hasn't done it before, but knows sort of what goes into it a little bit, that's where I think it can be intimidating. But if you if you yeah. introduce it to a child and you introduce it in a fun way, in a way that they can sort of explore uh, within that space, maybe it, it's less intimidating because they've got experience with it from the time they're little. They're, oh, I can do this. I've been doing it since I was you know, six or seven exactly. or whatever. Yeah, and you know, kids are also super flexible, so they can do all kinds of crazy things but the but the the playful part of yoga is a great way to get them started i mean getting them into a you know cat cow pose and mooing and meowing or (laughs) becoming a dog i mean really it's that's why i say you know a kid's class is a lot more silly and energetic than um a lot of adult classes because there's there there is conversation and there is laughter and they do fall over and you know make a big to do out of it and that's what makes it really fun and you get the opportunity to talk about what's behind the pose so yeah we're in a dog pose and we're laughing and we're wagging our tail but guess what do you feel that in the back of your legs you're getting a really good stretch you know so there are ways of infusing what's really going on in the body with the creativity and imagination that comes along with the poses and then it becomes second nature to the kids because yeah. it's it's fun. It's not work. It's you know right. Like, it's like, not work, and it's and it's making them happy. It makes them feel good. Absolutely. You talk a lot about mindfulness as well, and it, and it does really tie in with that. And it's another thing that I would love to see parents get their children in the habit of is is being more mindful of their surroundings of themselves because it's it's can be another intimidating thing as we become adults. How do you introduce mindfulness to children? So mindfulness is really interesting because um, it does sound sort of like this esoteric you know term, but it mm-hmm. really is is about uh, paying special, careful attention in the moment. And it can be something as simple as there's an exercise I do with the kids that's mindful eating. So you take a raisin and you use all your senses to engage with that raisin. I mean, again, embrace the awkward, right? So, you know, you're touching it. What does it feel like? Put it next to your ear. Roll it around. What does it sound like? What does it smell like? You know, when you're smelling it, what's happening in your mouth? I mean, all the senses before even tasting it. And then chewing super slowly and just seeing, you know, it's noticing everything that's going on. Um, So introducing mindfulness doesn't mean that you have to sit and close your eyes and meditate, which can be a daunting, you know, intimidating kind of practice. Mm -hmm. It really means paying attention, look up at the sky, describe the clouds. I mean, you can have a mindful moment with your child almost anywhere. It's basically hit the pause button, notice what's happening within your body, outside of you, within your mind, you know, within your your surroundings, and then don't judge it, just notice it. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can decide how to proceed, you know, how to make a choice or how to change something or what to do with, with, with the big emotion that you might be feeling at the moment. 
Well, one thing I've really taken away since starting to do this podcast and where we've wrapped through a full season of this is mindfulness is really kind of a baseline for everything else in your search for happiness, right? Because you, you, you notice what's around you. You see all of these things going on. And like you said, from there, the jumping off point is, well, you can judge, uh, well, I, I'm in a really good place right now. I, this area that I'm in is, is a really wonderful place. There's so much going on and that can lead to gratitude, which leads to happiness. I, I think it's important to start that process when they're young and then it becomes yeah. a habit. Exactly. I, I mean, again, yes, yeah, starting when they're young, you know, getting them used to this kind of attention and awareness. And then it just, like you said, becomes second nature. Uh, and then they're, they're, more, they're more connected individuals, you know, they, they, and they can cope. I mean, as we all know, life is a roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to, to, to ride with it, to go with it, to know, okay, today I feel sad or this moment I feel sad. All right, that's how I feel. Now that I know that, how can I change that? How can I be helpful to myself? How can I be helpful to someone else? It's absolutely a jumping point. That's a lovely way to put it. Absolutely. Now, I want to circle back towards yoga a little bit because I'm looking through this stuff and I'm and I'm thinking of some of the fun poses you can do with with some kids. But what what are some of the benefits of of certain poses? Like one one that I keep thinking of is when I have a son, I want to teach him the warrior pose, right? Aha! Those are my favorites! <laughs> I want him to <laughs> think of himself as this strong, you know, almost medieval or, or even earlier uh, Roman era gladiator. Yeah. Is that the kind of stuff that you can do? Uh, that, yes, and that's great. First of all, right there you're tapping into, you know, total imagination and creativity. <laughs> but also, the, you're, you're bringing forth the power of a warrior. So, when we talk about warrior poses with kids in yoga, we, we have an opportunity to talk about what it means to be a peaceful warrior, what it means to be a warrior that doesn't use weapons and violence, but that uses other tools, your voice, your, your intuition, your compassion, and all of those things make you super strong. And the poses themselves are really empowering. I mean, you feel great in a warrior pose. And what I like to do with kids is when they're in those poses, give them a little thing to say, a little mantra, a little saying, you know, in warrior arms in the air, I am strong. It just emphasizes what's going on in those poses. I, th- I think that's fantastic, and I'm really – see, now I'm really looking forward to the point when my son is, like, old enough. I'm like, all right, boy, we're going to the yard, and we will we will be men and be warriors and do yoga. We will be warriors. That's yeah. right. It's wonderful. <laughs> and look at that. It's a great bonding experience, too, right? It's yes. fantastic. And guess what? It's working your muscles. Yeah, you I get mean, you get the workout right there, from it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. All kinds of benefits. All kinds of I benefits. Love yeah, that's a great. Those are a great series of poses. There, I mean, you know, each each pose has it has its own benefit. A, a balancing poses like tree or half moon or something where you have to stand on one leg, one foot. I mean, those are wonderful because they're they're balanced. Mm-hmm. So you're learning to 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 balance, to find your center, to focus, um, and also if you fall over. To get back up again and try again, you know, it's a challenge. It builds resilience, and and there's playfulness. And and again, you are sort of 
you know, building your muscles and tapping into your creativity all in all in one simple pose. All kinds of life lessons really can be taken away yeah, from it. It's wonderful because it all translates into real life. You know, the mm-hmm. more you practice these things within the context of yoga, the more they extend into your, your life in other areas. For sure. We're coming up against it, and I don't want to forget to mention the series of picture books that you have done, uh, The Museum, You and Me, I Am Yoga, and the one that we talked about a little bit before we started recording, The Water Princess. That one I'm really excited about. Tell us a little bit more about that one and when it's coming out. Oh, I'm I'm so excited about this one. Uh, I mean, I'm excited about all of them, but this one has really given me and my illustrator, Peter Reynolds, um, and of course the woman who inspired the story, an opportunity to make a a difference in the lives of people who are really in need. Um, This is a story of a young girl in Africa who is looking for clean water, who's walking to find clean water miles, and um, is, is, is... challenge to find a solution to this water problem because you know in in reality people are still living without access to clean water all over the world Mm -hmm. and this story was inspired by this lovely model she's from burkina faso in africa and she now lives in new york and um i was introduced to her actually through peter reynolds my illustrator and she wanted a picture book written about her experience as a child, you know, looking for water, but having hope. And um, she told me her personal story, and then I, I just couldn't stop writing. And so it's, just, it's a beautiful story. And the proceeds are going to her foundation, which is the Georgie Badiel Foundation, um, to build wells in Africa and Burkina Faso and um, bring clean water to the people who still need it. That is just fantastic. I mean, the opportunity, uh, one of one of the things that, that I really believe in is making something and being creative and putting it out in the world and, and letting people consume it. That's really good in and of itself. But to be able to use that to do good in the lives of others half a world away, I think is just fantastic. And I really wanted to get uh, the chance to mention it. Yeah, I'm just, and you can, you know, visit my website. I don't know if you're going to bring that up oh yeah absolutely (laughs) and find out a little bit more about it um yeah it'll give you some photos and some sneak peeks and things like that and uh, i'm really honored and excited to be a part of this project i i I think it's going to be great and if what what's the uh, website uh, one more time um it's susanverde.com it's v-e-r-d-e like the color green okay com and um, just go there and you can peruse and you can find information on the other books and some yoga stuff and all kinds of fun things for educators and parents and a little bit more about the water princess. Absolutely. We'll, we'll go ahead and uh, put a link to that on our page as well. And folks can get a free sketch note at livehappynow.com of this episode. And then we'll link you to her website as well. Are the books available in stores or the website or, or where? They are. They're, they're available in stores um, and online through IndieBound and Amazon and Barnes & Noble and um, 
all over. Wherever fine books are sold. We can, yes, exactly. We can, we can find the Susan Verde books. Well, we'll we'll look forward to The Water Princess, and uh, we'll look forward to our, our next yoga class with our children now that we know that there are some very, very, very good benefits uh, for kids. Well, Susan Verde, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. If you would like a free sketch note of this episode, of course, go to livehappynow.com. And while you're on the Internet, let us know what you took away from the episode. Livehappy.com. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's uh, what is it? It's at livehappy on Twitter. It's facebook.com slash livehappy. Or you can send us a, an email, podcast at livehappy.com. I've said that maybe a hundred times over the past uh, several months, and yet I can still screw it up. It's an amazing accomplishment. Uh, next weekend, it's not going to be screwed up. It's going to be fantastic because we're going to learn how to be happy at work, which is not necessarily a problem for people in this office, which is why we're bringing in an expert from our office. Section editor Chris Libby joins us as we make ourselves happier in the workplace. For everybody at this workplace, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long and thank you for helping us to live happy. <laughs>